This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. On this week's show, being out in the city. I guess the first time I came out at work wasn't wasn't my wasn't by choice. I was I was outed. Tim Jarman, EY Unity leader. And it wasn't a pleasant experience. Yvonne Miller, RBS Rainbow Network. You start talking about yourself. And then it comes out and some people are surprised. I'd say 20% of people go completely silent and 80% of people will engage you and want to talk about it. David Bickerton, London Managing Partner at Clifford Chance. I wanted to have the best people to come and make my business work. Why would I try and put off anybody? It, 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 doesn't, make, it doesn't make business sense. Hello and welcome to City AM's Unregulated Podcast. This week for LGBT History Month and ahead of National Student Pride's Careers Fair, we're asking, does it count to be open about your identity in the office? We're joined in the studio by three city workers to get a feel for what it's like to be LGBT in the city. And we're asking, how close to breaking Lord Brown's glass closet are we? It's a very cosy studio today. We're joined by David Bickerton, London Managing Partner at law firm Clifford Chance, Yvonne Miller, part of the RBS Rainbow Network at firm Lombard, and Tim Jarman, who heads up the EY's LGBTI Unity Group. So Lord Brown, the former BP chief executive, wrote a book called Glass Closet. Does that still exist? Tim, should we start with you? Oh, God, million dollar question. I'd like to think not, but I don't know. I, I still, you still hear stories of people who depending on what sector they're in and depending on their industry, who still have problems feeling that they can be themselves in the workplace. Whether that's because they're new to an organisation and they haven't yet got to know the culture and got to know that it, it, that, they're, that they're able to be themselves, or whether it's because in their part of their organisation there's still a pocket where there might be a manager that still isn't on board with, with the diversity agenda of the organisation or, or knowing the benefits of why enabling people to be themselves is important. But I'd like, yeah, I would like to think that that we're in a stage where where the issues within the big metropolitan centres like London are gradually going away in big companies and, and and smaller companies. But I think there there are still pockets, and particularly when you look more broadly outside of the capital um, and across the rest of the UK. What about you, Avon? Do you see that? I do see it because I work with our employee-led network, the Rainbow Network, and so you get emails from people saying. I tend to get contact, my son, my daughter is bisexual, is gay, I don't know what to do, I feel angry. And That's interesting. They come to you about their kids? Yes, yes. Huh. So, or people will ask me to go for a coffee and then I'll think they you know, just want me as a friend or get my <laughs> hilarity. And then when we get there, they, they tell me what they're going through and that they don't feel able, even though they can see other people in the workplace who are out, they don't feel able to be out. And that's where being in a large organisation with a good support network really comes into its own because we can tell them where to go, speak to HR on their behalf if there's a management problem and sort of guide them through the process and they're not alone. And then they're less likely to leave, which we don't want happening. We don't want to lose good staff because they don't feel they can be themselves. I mean, you know, people coming to you about their kids, do you ever just think it's 2017, get over it? No, because they might not have had that much contact with LGBT people in their past and it's still a shock and they still project their version of the narrative of that person's life based on someone they may have known in the past or someone they've read about. And they don't always know that it can be a very positive path. So show, being out at work is important for me to show. I, you know, I have a family and I'm married and this is very normal and I often forget 
that there is any any difference because I don't feel like there is when I'm at work. But for other people, when it happens to them and it's their children, you know, that immediate, I'm not going to have grandchildren, I'm not going to get that big wedding, I'm not going to get to wear a hat, when all of those things probably still will happen. David, I would like to talk about Lord Brown because he, you know... It was a big deal when he was forced out of BP. It was a huge shock to the city. If people don't know, he basically perjured himself in an effort to hide allegations from an ex-boyfriend. What was it like in the city when that happened? I think what was surprising about Lord Brown being you know, um, thrown out was that he had felt the need to be... Uh, to, to dissimulate about who he was and what he was, and I think, I think the feeling about most that most people had at that stage was just sorrow, that in in our day and age that was still what people, um, someone in his position, still felt that. I mean, do you, do you think it was his age rather than the age, the time the shock happened? I think partly it was the time. I think it was partly his his. Um, the life that he had gone through to get to that position. I think it's also different in different organisations. Um, two of the organisations who are here today are partnerships, and therefore the the owners of the part of the of the company work in and run the company, and therefore their moral values can be imposed on top of the business agenda. And I think that's very important. I think, whereas I think perhaps with companies with external shareholders, there is less. Um, possibility of the management saying this is how we believe that we should run our organisation um, because at the end of the day companies with external shareholders demand returns and you have to make a you, you have to make a financial case for why you're doing things and um, we, we were discussing just before we came in what a, what a luxury it is in a private partnership that you can put human rights and respect for other individuals higher than, than making you know, profits. I mean, I feel like we, you know, when, when you're talking about ethnic minorities and, and women, we reached a real peak in the last three or four years. And we may, you know, there have been high profile cases of misogyny, of racism in, in recent months. Basically, has Donald Trump made being horrible to people from any kind of minority easier? And are you seeing people being more horrible to LGBT people? Yvonne, I'm going to pass that on to you. <laughs> I'm pleased to report no. Good. <laughs> I don't think that that has had any direct effect in the city. I think that there has been collective reaction in the city from across political spectrum to what's gone on in America. Um, and from my side, I think things have changed greatly in the last 20 years in financial services. And I think in the late 90s, We've moved on from incredulity about gay people in the workplace and are you really gay? How do you know you're gay? When did you know you were gay? <laughs> and those questions over and over again. And, and LGBT issues largely being ignored by um, the, the very highest levels of large organisations to a position now where we have sponsors from the highest levels of the organisations getting out there, being involved in Pride, speaking out. And that's a very big change to people all over the country who aren't in the, the, the larger cities who know that if they do want to come out, if they want to speak out, that they can and that their organisation recognises and appreciates them. And we can't let up on telling people that and making sure that message gets out. So did you kind of, did you have any of that back in the 90s? Did you have people being rude to you? Oh, I, I, yes. <laughs> Many stories we've been rude. 20 years ago, you were often the first person in the workplace that 
people had worked with who was gay and, and who was out, who was gay. So, yeah, I was going to say, so you were quite happy to be out. Always, always, because I, I didn't see an alternative. But, you know, I'm me, I go to work as me, and, and, and as I said earlier, and then you forget because it doesn't feel different. Um, but now you might be, now I find I'm, I'm the first person people have maybe met who's started a, a family in a same-sex relationship, and they have lots of questions about that. And then they want to take that a little bit further and maybe ask too many questions about that. And so you're always having to be sensitive to the fact that this might be somebody's one chance to ask, and they're very keen to get some answers, but you might have had this conversation three times that week. So You've got a prepared answer. Yep, yes, and, and you look at every... and. Every situation, and I'm client-facing, so you, you're always walking a very fine line on, is this something that I need to talk about right now? Is this a long-term client that I get on with? Is this relevant? We've talked about our problems with school drop-off and you know making it into working time and all those normal problems that every family has when they're working, but um, do I want to go down that path now? So I find in my role that I'm always sort of... There's a balancing act that, that I'm very aware of. You can't just casually mention it. So tell me about the first time you came out at work. Having had a number of jobs, you're always having a first time of coming out at work and moving around the country and, and around the city. And, and you know, you go in and then you start talking about yourself and then it comes out. And some people are surprised. I'd say 20% of people go completely silent and 80% of people will engage you and want to talk silent. about it. Yes. Oh, my God. That's and, and that's still the case. I don't think that's ever really changed. So some people absolutely don't want to take that conversation any further and, I'm, and that's fine. Um, but... When I'm talking to people and mention that my partner's in the military, that then becomes the most interesting thing that they want to know about, not the fact that, that it's a woman. Oh, brilliant. So, and, and, and that the conversation then develops from there. And what about you, Tim? Well, I guess the first time I came out at work wasn't, wasn't, my, wasn't by choice. I was, I was outed, not at EY. This is with a previous employer. And it wasn't a pleasant experience, I have to, I have to say. Oh, I, I, without going into too too much detail, a, a colleague um, overheard me having a conversation with somebody who I was very close friends with in, in my department at the time. Um, said colleague wasn't particularly supportive of of me being gay, um, and in the five minutes um, I was away having the conversation with the, with my friend, um, when I got back to my desk, the other colleague had told my entire department and was in the process of telling other departments that sat around us that you never guess what I just heard kind of thing. Um, yeah, and the, the experience wasn't wasn't particularly good. And I think eventually I ended up taking it to HR and, and the, the phrase... That, that always sticks in my mind was, was well, what did you expect was going to happen? Um, not, oh, my gosh, how are we going to help you do this? That's terrible. Oh, how can we help you? That's terrible. I was, you know, I was quite surprised um, at that. Um, thankfully, so when I, when I eventually moved and, and came to EY, I was determined not to come out because I didn't want the same thing to happen. Um, and yet on my first day, I did end up coming out um, and it was a really good experience. Um, I was having a conversation with the, with the guy I was going to be reporting to. Um, he was doing the whole welcome to the department. Let's get to know each other a bit better. Um, and he was asking, you know, do you, do you like sports? And I was like, well, yes, I do. Do you like football? I was like, no, I don't. I'm not a huge football fan, but my partner is. And the immediate retort was, oh, well, what team does she support? Um, and for within my head, it felt like an eternity. So I was like, "What do I? What should I do?" I could quite easily get away with just going along, going along with the conversation. Yeah, and and so I was, you know, I was like, "I don't know." But it was, you know, just a split second for him. But I, I kind of got to the, came to the conclusion. I was like, "I do not want to start day one on my new at my new role 
by lying to the person I'm going to be working really closely with. So I took a deep, took a breath and was like, no, he, he's an Arsenal supporter. There was a brief pause. You know, he, he kind of was digesting the information and then was like, that's great. He'll get on really well with our manager. He's an Arsenal supporter too. How long have you been together? Have you got a photo? And then it, it was like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And thankfully, I've never had a, a you know negative experience at work since then. But yeah, so a mix really um, of... of going from having a really bad experience at one employer to having a really positive experience, thankfully, where I am It's um, very today. interesting that EY, even in the time between recruiting you and you first arriving and having that conversation with your, with your boss, had, had created an environment where you felt able to take that enormous leap. And, and mm. I think one of the things we were talking about, what's changed over the past 20 years, if you look at the number of people who are you know, self-identifying as LGBT... So that's ticking the box on the form, on the HR form. Uh, well, actually, what's interesting is when they apply, we tend to get fewer than the, the, you know, the national average, to the extent anyone knows what those numbers are. And yet, at the point when they actually join and they tick the next box actually it's a much, much higher percentage. And what, that, what that's telling us is that people are identifying this as an organisation like, like EY where people are more comfortable you know, coming out, being themselves and identifying you know, who they want to be. And I, th- I think that's, that's what businesses need to do is to say this is a place of greater safety than the general employment market where no-one's going to make any judgment, positive or negative, but just on a personal interest level about your partner and whether he supports Arsenal or whether he supports Spurs is is just the same as, as whether yours does, bluntly. Oh, hey. This podcast is all about smashing perceptions about leadership and entrepreneurship. If that sounds like your brand too, align yourself with our super engaged listeners. Email advertising at audioboom.com to find out how. Now, back to smashing the glass closet. You guys are from huge city firms that, you know, have a lot of money for this kind of thing. If there's an entrepreneur listening who wants to make sure that his employees know that it's it's a great environment to work in and that, you know, everybody should feel comfortable being themselves. David, what would you say they should do? I, I think if, if I was an entrepreneur, which I'm not, um, if I was an entrepreneur, I would want to have the best people working for me. And so I wouldn't want a large proportion of the population to self-select out of coming to work for my organisation. So I would simply say I wanted to have the best people to come and make my, work, my business work. And so why would I, why would I try and put off anybody? It, 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 doesn't make, it doesn't make business sense. What would your tips be? Probably speak to Stonewall because they can guide companies yeah. large and small in this and I'm not sure where um, they would display information about the fact that you are genuinely an equal opportunities employer and not just ticking a box but they could certainly help. Do you think LGBT people have a duty to let people to be open about who they are or you know is it okay for some people to keep it hidden? Yeah it's absolutely okay for people to be who they want to be in the workplace and I have colleagues who wouldn't dream of speaking out that I know through the employee-led network so they're engaged in that sense but within their own team do not want the conversation and will not have that conversation and that is absolutely fine Mm. and I feel very able to be myself at work therefore I am Um, and RBS does a lot of work around um, with graduates, interns, 
I, I volunteer at Student Pride, where I talk to people who might want to come to the business and creating that environment of a, an organisation that is known for welcoming all starts way before they even fill out the application form. They need to have seen us out there saying that we want a diverse workforce and this is what it will look like and these are the people that can talk to you about it. The job of an employer is to make sure that if people want to be themselves and want to be open, that they know that they can and there's going to be no negative effects and it's going to be OK. If they don't want to and they're private people and they don't want to, then that's fine, but they should be able to if they want to. So they should the atmosphere and the environment at an organisation should enable people to be open about themselves if they, if they wish to, but we shouldn't in any way make people feel that they have to out themselves or they have to, you know, it's, it's up to the individual. Um, but I think also, I think it's something that we should probably touch on a little bit is the, is the fact that obviously the issues within the LGBT community are quite broad. You know, we have the, the sexual orientation with LGB, but also the transgender issues around gender identity with the T. So, you know, there is, there is quite a lot of different issues and different um you know, different things that people will be going through and different experiences people will have within that community um, and different needs. So um, it's just making sure that you know, organisations recognise that as well um, that, and not just to lump everybody together in a, in a big LGBT blob. We are. To turn it on its head, why do city firms feel like they need to trumpet their achievements so much in this field? In the LGBT sphere? I think it's important that they do. I think it's important that they show that they have invested time and, as we discussed earlier, you know, investing money that isn't going towards the bottom line can be a challenge. Um, and then it's down to the employees and it's down to people mobilising and making sure that the structure is in place to help the colleagues. Um, but there needs to be... I, th I think it's good that they trumpet it. I think that going forward, I'd like to see more of that. Um, I would like to see more large firms at Pride. I would like to see... Um, I, I don't think that they can do it too much. Yeah. David, are they making it for lost for past sins? Possibly. I think the I, th I think the point is that we all in the in the financial sector and the services sector we work in incredibly competitive environments, which are competitive on a global basis. And so, if we are to continue to compete, and particularly with you know the turmoil that's going on in in the sort of political world at the moment. I think it's absolutely imperative for the success of any of our businesses that we have the best people working for them. And so if we if we are putting off any one person who is incredibly talented from working in the services sector, the professional services or in, or in financial services, then that is damaging the competitiveness of our businesses. So I think that I think that what people are realizing is that a it's important as a human right that people can be themselves at work. And, but also there is a business advantage to it. Um, but I think in, in, in most right-thinking organisations, the business advantage comes second to the, to the human right, to the respect for the individual. Um, I mean, we're talking ahead of National Student Pride's Careers Fair, um, and they've reported that a lot of LGBT people feel like they have to hide their achievements related with the community um, on their CVs. Do you think there's still a case for concealing your involvement in the community? Well, it would be a shame if they did. And I understand why at paper sift level, when you're applying to a business, maybe you don't want to give too much of yourself away. But if you then have seen them at Student Pride, and I'll be there, then you're, gonna, you're going to know that that business does welcome you. So yeah. I understand why they might hesitate to be completely honest on a CV. But then if they're still going to apply 
that can only be good. You know, it's it's a really important thing to know the the life experiences that people have had and the things that people are getting involved with um, outside of the their you know their career trajectory. I think it's it's really good. I mean, at EY we've removed um, the academic um, requirements for our, our uh, graduate programs and things because we want to to you know to collect that life that experience, the strengths that people bring. And not just their academic credentials. So, you know, I think it's really important to to share some of this stuff. It shows that you are, you know, you're engaged and you're open to getting involved in the in the wider community, and you've got a wider set of interests than just what your what your um, your degree might happen to be. Um, and I mean, you know, just as you will be will be at Student Pride um, on Saturday the the twenty fifth, and we've been you know the, the headline sponsors since twenty eleven now at EY because it's a it's a really great opportunity for us to get out there and you know and demonstrate straight to to the students as they as they're coming up through university that you know it is okay to to be yourselves at, you know, when you get into the workplace you know you may be you know at university somewhere where it's it maybe is challenging at your university to be out or the location in the country but when you get to you know when you get to employment it's okay to be yourself and that's what we want we want those you know we want people to be themselves i mean do you find do you find students are kind of more casual about this they're just less stressed about it Yes, I do. When I, when I spoke to the, we have an RBS stand and we were giving away cakes last year, so we got an awful lot of people coming over who wanted to chat. However, us included, it was it was, it was a really valuable insight into the you know these the, the grads now. I was entering the workplace when they were born, and I've seen so much change in the last twenty years, and they are much more laid back. I would be disappointed that any of them were wary about how they presented their CV because certainly the ones I've spoken to, who are the ones who are coming up to speak to us, so they're naturally the ones possibly more at ease with themselves, were very confident and didn't see it as a barrier to their future career prospects at all. And I think to add to that as well, something we've seen is that people are much more relaxed about their, their sexuality, their gender identity, and about declaring, you know, being very open about what how they identify but they also see that as a, you know, and that's something for for employers to to take note of. That people see that as a requirement for when they go into the workplace is that, well, I am going. It's an expectation that I am going to be able to be myself in the workplace. And if I can't be myself in the workplace, then I probably don't want to come and work for your organisation. So, you know, the the next generation are much more expectant that they are not going to have any barriers to being themselves in the workplace. And I think employers need to recognise that because otherwise you will be missing out on lots of talent. Do you guys have memories of people who were above you in the office, who were out and who kind of were role models? Did you have anybody who did that? I mean, I, I did. I've got, <coughs> we have an, a number of, of our partners or our, our LGBT people and, you know, seeing them at the pinnacle of the of the organisation. Um, and what did they do? What? How did you know? I suppose it's it's that it's that you know being the visible role model and talking about it and using their experiences in work. So if they're doing a you know a talk to our new graduate intake or our new joiners, using their life experience of coming out in the workplace, being able to be themselves in the workplace, and visibly showing that they have you know not had you know they've had a good experience, they've not had the barriers. So you as a new joiner are not going to have those barriers you should be feel you should feel free to be yourself i think seeing it's that being visible and people seeing them talk about their their experiences not only does it make them a bit more human because sometimes the partners are up there and you know so it, it helps bring them down to to make them seem more human but it also shows people that yeah i could become a partner one day that's not just because i'm lgbt it's not going to stop me getting there 
that human connection is is actually key in motivating in any organisation. That the more that the the leaders of the organisation can describe any part of their own lives to the people who they're working with. I mean, if you're if you're working with a team and you expect them to share their lives with you, and you're leading that team, well, you you need to share what's going on in your life as well. I mean, there's a much there's a much more equal working place than there used to be. I think twenty years ago, and twenty years ago, life was very hierarchical. I think nowadays people are significantly more open about who they are and what they are, and that has to flow both ways in the organisation. I'm going to ask all of you this question, including you, David. Is it easy to be out at work in 2017? It depends. <laughs> Just it depends where you are in the country, where you are in the world, um, and what industry you're in. I think. And in the city? I think it's a lot easier than it was. So I think it's it's a lot easier nowadays because companies have, have registered that this is something that's, you know, inclusion as a whole, not just for LGBT people, but across the board is something that's important that they need to be investing in. So I think it's a lot easier now than it was. But I think, you know, there, as I said before, I think there's still a lot of work to be done because it will differ depending on where you are in the country. Yvonne, do you agree with that? Yes, I would agree with that. I have found it very easy to be out in the city and very easy to be out in RBS, but I do understand that there are places where it is more challenging. David, what's your view? The outsider's view. Um, well, I'm out as a heterosexual, and, and I think <laughs> as a leader of the business, my job is to make sure that it is as easy to be out if whatever one's uh, sexuality is. And um, until that, until that's the point we get to, then we won't stop working at it. Fantastic. Guys, thank you all for coming down and talking to us. Thank you. With thanks to our guests, David Bickerton, Yvonne Miller and Tim Jarman, to National Student Pride, whose careers fair is on the 25th of February at the University of Westminster, and our podcast producer, Jamie Wareham, this has been City AM's Unregulated Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher or with RSS or your favourite podcast app. Remember, this show is ripe for advertising and sponsorship. Email advertising at audioboom.com to find out how you can hear your brand right here. And to this week's Twitter conversation, you can tweet me at Emma Hazlitt, that's with two Ts, with your coming out story. Whether it's that time you touched the glass closet or you just revealed your Justin Biebs obsession. See you next week. City AM Unregulated is an audio boom production. You know in Pixar films and they're like, beep, hilarious thing. We're joined in the studio by three city workers to get a feel for what it's like to be LGBT in the city and and office. (laughs) That was almost so good. (laughs) I'll do that again. I might believe for that. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> so with these, oh no.